Mike, turn your games down. All right, we got episode 252 of Games My Mom Found. I am Mike Overton, and who's running through the Matrix with me tonight? This is Nate jacking in. This is Blair Farrell from comicbookvideogames.com, and I'm wishing that I would have took the blue pill when I was asked to be on this episode. <laughs> <laughs> Oof. This is Reese Manic from Side Group Games, and I like this game. So we are here to talk about a game that surprised you on the show. Uh, Enter the Matrix, developed by Shiny Entertainment, published by Infogrames. I don't think they're even still around, I'm assuming. And came out in 2003 for PS2 and Xbox and GameCube. I did not know that. And PC, but yeah, good luck downloading a PC version. <laughs> or buying a PC version, I should say. Well, Infogrames was Atari at one point. Oh, okay. So yeah, they're gone. <laughs> yeah, it was originally, um, you know, it was developed by Shiny Entertainment, who they wound up, I believe, being like bought by Atari, basically, during this game's development. So that's probably, you know, not convenient for the people working on the game. No. I mean, the only reason why, so this game happened on the show because when we did the, I think we did a year in gaming 2003 and you guys got all excited talking about Enter the Matrix. So I put it on my list to say, oh, we're going to talk about Enter the Matrix. Well, Nate did. I think Vincent was on the episode, a friend who's on the show often, and Blair. And then I was like, okay, let's do this. And unfortunately, I had no memory of this game. I did not remember what I was saying. <laughs> so did you play this before? Like, I actually own. Yeah, I mean, I beat this game back in the day in probably 2004. I, and I actually have a copy to the right of me on PS2. I, I didn't get up to see what I paid for it because I guarantee the EB game sticker still on there. But yeah, I bought this game and played it. And I remember thinking it was kind of a cool game. But I also was into the Matrix at that time because this would have been 04, 05, somewhere around there. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I think it's it's worth talking a little bit about our relationship with the Matrix in general, yeah. because this is when I'm a Matrix head for sure. I mean, I'll go for it. I, I was a big fan of Matrix One. I didn't see it in theaters, but I saw it later. I I really loved Enter the Mate or Enter the Ma- yeah Enter the no I uh, the second one Matrix Reloaded. When I saw it in theaters, I thought it was an awesome movie. I remember pirating Animatrix to watch it, that downloading it and dial up internet. My friend did, and we watched it on a burn CD. Like we were just into the Matrix when this came out, and then I was off when Matrix Revolution finally came out because I did not like that movie. Sure. Yeah, I I was in a similar situation where I just like consumed everything Matrix that I could get my hands on, except for the Matrix Online RIP. I'll never be able to play that. I've always been kind of curious about checking that thing out somehow, but I don't think there's really a way to. Time Machine. Uh, yeah, Time Machine. And then, uh, you know what? I love the Matrix Revolution, so I'm here to I, I like I kind of, am, you know, I'll stand up for kind of anything that is related to the Matrix or the Wachowskis work in general. So. You know, that's that's where I'm coming from. OK, uh, Nate. Uh, yeah, I really like the first two. Watched them a bunch as a child. And then uh, every weekend, me and uh, on Air Force Base, we'd go see a movie, me and my buddy's family. Yeah. And my dad gave me 20 bucks and I bought Enter the Matrix instead. Because <laughs> I was <laughs> like, I have to know how this game is. <laughs> You got one hour of live action cutscenes. That's a whole hour. I mean, that is. Oh my God. And it blew my mind because uh, I think the third one is was coming out. It was either out in theaters when I played it, but I was just like, you know, I was blown away by it. I was like, this is like secret stuff. you know. And Blair, what about you? I didn't catch the first movie in theater. I caught it on home video and first didn't really understand it. And then eventually I, I came around to loving it like, like everyone. And when two was coming out, 
I remember a friend and I, we graduated. It was our end of our first year of university, and I didn't own the Matrix. So we started at one point of the city and walked nearly across it just trying to find a copy. And so we said, by the time this quest is over, we're actually going to discover the Matrix itself. <laughs> so when two was, or yeah, Matrix Reloaded was coming out, like everyone here, like I was all in, like I couldn't wait to see it. I remember when the Animatrix came out. I was home in my hometown between semesters and I couldn't wait for one of my parents to get home off of work so I can go to the next town over to go buy it. So I actually walked to our local mall to go get the Animatrix as I just couldn't wait. And then when this came out, I know the reviews were held off because they didn't want them coming out for reasons as we'll get on. But I rented it out and I loved it. I could overlook all of its problems because it was just a Matrix thing. <laughs> all right. I, I feel like I might have been in the same boat because I had good memories of this game until last week. So, I mean, I, I thought about watching the Matrix movies again. I've just because I'm like, you, this, this is a game that you have to be into that, you know, into that mood to really enjoy. Otherwise, it's just a third person action game that has some cool effects and is not the best, kind of glitchy. As I made the joke last week, it's a, it's a different kind of horror game. This is a horror game with glitches and enemies that can trap you in corners and you can't get out. And yeah, <laughs> and terrible driving sequences. I don't think I had that many dry, glitches. Yeah. I think the I didn't either. Yeah. I, yeah. The hardest part, I think we'll get into the oh, the driving sequences with the cars <laughs> yeah. with the octagonal wheels. <laughs> I would just get like sideswiped by a car and couldn't move and then my health would just drop because I couldn't do anything. Like I guess you'd be called that a glitch, but other than that, I played on a PlayStation 2 on a CRT TV, so no emulation for me. It was just straight original yeah. hardware. So it was you were smart. It, well, it's a luxury that most people don't have and no. frankly shouldn't <laughs> know what should be having <laughs> all this old crap around. Uh, I because this is really hard to emulate on PCX too. It it just kept glitching on me, which again that was the emulation, not the game's fault. And I had to like I just couldn't do it. Like it would last like two minutes and it would just it would just crash, which is not. I mean PCX two can usually run pretty good, and I didn't even know this was on GameCube. But then I I I think someone said in the chat, I think Reese did, and I went and downloaded the the and I played it on Dolphin, and that worked without really any issues. I didn't really experience any crashes on PCX two. It was just really dark. And then after I beat the game today, I found out there's a brightness options in the settings, but only accessible from the main menu. Welcome yeah, to there is. I did turn up the brightness a bit. It's kind of a weirdly dark game in general. Oh, you mean um, the game, not emulation. Yeah, yeah. In, in yeah, no, it's, it's a 2003 game. <laughs> Accessibility yeah. wasn't one of their thoughts at the time. Yeah. I think but I found they, out way too late there was subtitles. Oh. Because where my TV is, it's right next to our bedroom, and I was trying to knock this out as fast as I could. But then, like, I would find the gun sounds would be really, really loud. So I just went in the options to turn down mm -hmm. the gun noises. But then if I turned down the volume, I couldn't hear the dialogue, and then I found out there actually was subtitles. I didn't expect them in a game from this year, but I was happy that they were there. <laughs> oh, did you not have separate sliders for dialogue and and like guns and stuff yeah the xbox I, I, version did it, it is in the playstation 2 version i just normally don't play around with those things oh sure but then like um like my my tv uh the remote doesn't work so basically i have to do everything by hand 
So I was like constantly just like going forward and adjusting <laughs> the volume. If there was like a cutscene, then turning it down because you'd have that like the one obnoxious music loop playing over and over mm. again and very loud machine guns. Yeah, so we'll, I just we'll like turned the music <laughs> all the way down. Yeah, I get that. Yeah, the, the the well, we have to have a conversation about the music. It's pretty bad. Uh, I played on Xbox. I was able to run it in uh, 720p. There's even a 1080i option, which is kind of nuts. Um, I didn't do that because interlaced, but it looked phenomenal on my upscaler. It was like a really, really good looking version of this game. So that was cool presentation wise. I will say uh, the subtitles on this game are a nightmare. They cover like half the screen. They're I, really I, poorly I, I, implemented. I mean, this game was also rushed from what I was understanding for Shiny. Like, they did not get enough time to finish this game because no, yeah. movie release and you must be done. I think this came out right when enter- when the second Matrix movie came out, like right or- right around that same time. Yeah, it, yes. it might have been a little bit before, a little bit after. Okay. Can't. I was reading a little bit about it, but yeah, it was, it was fast. They wanted to get this thing out, which again makes sense. I mean, this is essentially just a, I mean, carryover movie of the freaking. You know, the game, the, the companion, the movie, because, I mean, you're take, you're, is it takes place right before and during Matrix Reloaded? What's going on? Yeah. Like it also like the, the whole concept of this is that you're you're trying like the beginning of this game is that you're going to go get a package from the airport, which is the same package that they drop off in, in the Animatrix, which is telling them that there's an attack coming of that they're going to attack the one human city. So, I mean, they tried they did a good job of trying to connect it. It just the execution is off. But the I idea, like I liken it to, so like EA was doing the Lord of the Rings games, which use a lot of the same kind of techniques where they would have like clips from the movie and then merge into in-game cinematics. And I remember that being handled really, really well. I actually want to go back and play those. But like when they did the Lord of the Rings games and then they ran out of movies, they were like, here's the Lord of the Rings I can't remember the name of the game, but it was like an RPG where it was like, oh, when the other when the fellowship was doing this, there was another fellowship over here. The third age. Yeah. Oh, I, I always I wanted to play that age. game. It's pretty fun. <laughs> Been on my list for tw- like 20 years. Yeah, it's like a Final Fantasy 10 clone. It's very strange. I really, really want to play it on this show now. I've been wanting to for a while. You know, there are a lot of things about the way the game is presented that I think uh, are not ideal. You know, it's kind of, yes, it takes place while the the movie's plot is happening, but it's kind of unclear who is where when all of this is happening and when exactly certain events are actually happening. Like, they don't do a great job of, you know, possibly cutting back to the movie in some way to show us a little bit more context of exactly uh, what events are happening when would have helped because it all kind of feels like it's in its own little world of deleted scenes like the whole movie or the whole game kind of feels like a series of deleted scenes from the movie i mean it is cool that they went and got that you know when they're when they're filming the other the matrix reloaded movie that they got the you know the actors to film more but doesn't it just i mean it's a cool game but the gameplay it works in certain in certain ways like i originally was thinking i was going to play this game twice so i could experience it with both characters but by the time i played through as ghost i was just like i do not want to play this game anymore yeah i have the same thing it's it's a miracle of coordination because i think about kind of the way movies are packaged and sold now and i think the most interesting thing about this game is it's a time capsule of that era 
Because this was a huge multimedia blitz where you had this game and it was important to the story. And then you had the Animatrix, which was a series of like short films, some of which were really, really good. And like, I love the second Renaissance. I actually saw the movie Gareth Edwards, the creator recently. It reminded me a lot of the second Renaissance. Take that of what you will. I like I like the creator a lot. And then you had like the soundtrack and then Todd McFarlane had the action figures. It was this thing was huge. And, you know, the unfortunately, the sequels never lived up to the kind of storytelling of the first film. But uh, I mean, at that time, it was just it wasn't like Phantom Menace levels huge, but it was like (laughs) pretty hype. And then It, it was. It real. I remember, like, I was so excited for more Matrix stuff, and I mean, I was like, when that first movie came out, I didn't see it in theaters. I, but then when I did finally get around to seeing them, I was, I remember being blown away. I mean, I still, I rewatched that movie a couple years ago. I'm like, this, this first movie is still really good. It was a long wait for a sequel too. Like four years is like an eternity. Well, and something that sets this game apart in that regard, too, is that the Wachowskis are really directly involved in making this thing happen. They are the ones who are actually writing and directing the scenes for the game. They are, like, heavily involved with producing it. You know, this isn't uh, a game that was mandated by the studio. This is a game that was made because the Wachowskis really wanted to make a cool video game for their movie. Yeah, and I think if it just wouldn't have, if it would have been more of a side thing, I think it would have worked better because then you wouldn't have all the constraints that they had. Yeah, I I agree with that. I think you know, yeah. There, but again, a lot of it, a lot of the issues we're going to talk about with the game does come down to, like you said, a short development cycle. Yeah, uh, it seems like this was made in like about a year and a half to two years, essentially. <laughs> so it it does feel that way, unfortunately. I mean, it has it, its, its fun moments, but it it feels like a lot. But at the same time, also not enough because you think about all the different ways. I mean, because there's, I guess, basic platforming, not really. But then there's like hand to hand combat and shooting and driving. Like there's a lot in here. And then they add in like the, of course, the Max Payne slow-mo mechanic. And it's an ambitious project. I don't think they were given the time and i actually went back in because i wanted to do some basic research so this is made by like shiny entertainment who most people will know from the 16-bit era who did you know they were the people who did like cool spot and aladdin and they went and do like earthworm gym i don't think they had a lot of experience in big 3d games like they did a game called wild nine on the playstation but i think that was essentially like a 2.5d scroller And then I think some PC games, but nothing on like a three console plus PC scale. Right. Yeah, definitely not. Yeah, no time. The biggest project they've done. And you have and they probably literally had no time to do this. So, (laughs) yeah, Uh, just a note on Shiny. They were also one of the uh, tragic uh, deaths that came around from the Golden Compass. (laughs) When New Line basically folded under that thing, and oh, you know yeah. they also made a Golden Compass game that was their final game. Oh, so actually, that's kind of I, interesting. I have that for 360. Never played nice. it. Well, there you I go. Have. You can play that final game by Shiny. <laughs> I mean, that's just I, heard, I remember that when Golden Compass came out and didn't, it didn't do good. I didn't realize it didn't kill the company. It was disastrous for everyone involved. I think. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, you know, gameplay wise, 
it is kind of a, a Max Payne, uh, you know, clone of sorts. Yeah, which fits the Matrix, that you can do slow-mo, that you can jump around, that yes. in your focus bar, like, all that fits just fine and makes sense. And yeah, I think where I some say, of the contention oh, comes from is, no, you're good, uh, I think some, where some of the, the, the issues come into play is that they are doing the Max Payne thing, but they refuse to use the right stick, which is a, a huge problem for the game. Oh, they use that right stick. Well, I cannot well. tell you how many times I entered first person mode. Yeah. Just try to yeah. turn the camera. Or trying to yeah. zoom in with a sniper rifle. Yeah. I would also say that how the game is separated into levels is also like Max Payne, at least on PS2. Like like Max Payne on PS2, you like could walk down a hall and then it'd be like, hey, do you want to save your progress? Like, this is the next level. And it's like, oh, okay. <laughs> that happens a lot in this game, too. It All does. All the time. Part of me wonders if some of that is genuinely like them being like, our game is a little unstable. If it crashes, we don't want people to lose an hour of progress. So let's give them opportunities to save every five minutes. Well, I was I was actually watching um, the new Matt McMuscles video this week for what happened. And he was talking about a game called Four Horsemen of the Apocalypse that never came out. And I think with the console generations of this time, like the system can only hold so much in memory. So basically, you had to break things into smaller mm-hmm. chunks. And I think it also came in. They want to make this as mass market friendly as possible because this isn't like I played on easy. Uh, maybe I should have put it on normal because this thing was so easy. Like you have all these <laughs> tools and all I did was slow down and shotgun people. And I didn't have to do any cool flips or anything like that. Like you can, but it just feels unnecessary so i think that was the thing too they just wanted it to be they wanted everyone to leave a theater and pick this up and not bang their heads against the wall like say a game that came out a few months ago from or a few weeks ago from this called x2 wolverine's revenge which is a huge monumental pain in the ass (laughs) Uh, i okay i can i can see that so I didn't use a lot of focus because I was also playing this on easy. And like at first I just played just like a third person shooter. And it, I'm like, this isn't that much fun. And then after a while, I started to fuck around with focus. And I'm like, OK, now I'm having fun. And that was again, that was a me problem. That wasn't the game's fault. I mean, I was just but if it, I'm. Yeah, I don't know. It, it kind <laughs> of is because when you design a game with these tools, you have to design levels that take advantage of them. And most of the time, like the level design in this game is horrendous. Like one of the later levels when you're in uh, the nuclear power plants, because essentially you're just falling around an arrow like you're in Crazy Taxi, which I thought Sega actually had a patent on because I think the Simpsons Road Rage came out and they were sued by Sega because they had a patent on following an arrow. And it was just this maze of stairways and I like just kept thinking about, you know, the actual functionality of this power plant and how this makes no sense. And as a video game level, it's just so boring. And I mean, they're all about like unplugging people and saving them. Like how many police do you kill in this game? And the machines are just like, oh, my God, we just lost like 500 batteries of just cops that you mowed down. <laughs> more than that but yeah uh, that's what i was thinking too i'm like these are just people that are don't realize that you're not a you know a terrorist and you're just killing everybody yeah these are just actual people in battery pods and like now they're just basically going to be flushed down the tube so that more can come in (laughs) 
There was one funny scene where the cops were like, why do we got to watch a payphone? Like, this makes no sense. Or not a payphone, but watch this phone. And I just laughed when I saw that or when I heard that line. Little things um, like that. that. That arrow is not reliable either. Like, no, in, no. at least for me, in the sewer level, it was like, you need to go down. And so I jumped yeah. and then I died. And I was like, oh. <laughs> yeah, and it turns out what you had to do is you had to go behind you and then find like a, a hole in the ground. And I was like, oh, okay. It's like an unreliable yeah, I, narrator. <laughs> I didn't really use the arrow. I kind of ignored the arrow, honestly. This is like my older brother playing Mario. Like, no, there's a life down there, dude. You got to go get it. <laughs> no, I, I, think, I think there's some fun enough level design in the game. I think it depends on the level. I think they're hit or miss. Yeah, I no, like, that, some like the rooftops chase level, I think, is actually pretty fun. That's a fun layout. It's a fun action set piece. And, uh, you know, like, it, yes, there are definitely levels. Uh, the... Uh, the, the the one you were talking about the uh the nuclear power plant one yeah, that, 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 that that's a particularly poorly laid out level i do agree with that it's not a fun one well it's just um, when you're getting near the end of the game it's like oh god our game isn't running long enough let's pad it out and we'll yeah. just have a room where you have to wait literally wait for the door to raise up and that'll, that'll get some extra minutes in here like stuff like that it was just like yeah mm. how, and and the, how many times did you guys die because you were just shooting and it blew a lot of tank times. and yeah. it was like great cool <laughs> a few yeah, times. The yeah those are terrible but also uh, but in the ps2 era a game was also rated on how long it took to play like that was a that was a thing at this time too where if a game was too short it'd be reviewed badly because it was too short and you weren't getting your where now we're like that's fine game just needs to be as long as it needs to be like you you pad it we'll get mad yeah, yeah I think that's the opposite because I feel I'm actually because I was thinking about that lately about how when a game comes out now, like, say, Spider-Man 2, which came out last week, which I I finished in a weekend. I didn't get the platinum trophy, but I got 100 percent of all districts and people complain that a game at 20 hours is too short. But I don't remember reading, say, like a magazine back in the day when Metal Gear Solid 1 came out and people saying, well, this is not worth your money because it's four hours long. Like, I, I know those those discussions were maybe they just weren't in our face so much because we didn't have social media back then. Yeah, because I mean, I used to buy like Resident Evil games and there's those took like three yeah, hours. to beat. <laughs> But you just played that game over and over and over again and made up little <laughs> mini games. It's not like, you know, you have like now where it's just like, you know, I'm playing Spider-Man, then Mario's coming out, then Robocop's out. And then I'm trying to watch this show like. And there's not enough hours in the day to like do everything. It was like, you know, you have one ass game and if it happens to be Enter the Matrix, you're just going to play it over and over. But hey, at least you can play this game twice because you can play through Niobe and Ghost and they're a little bit different. I did play it twice. They are only a little bit different. <laughs> I, I, I kind of wish they had made them more different. I think um, one of the big disappointments is if you boot up, you know, another character and you realize, like, oh, they kind of have the exact same moveset. And not even just the same moveset, but the same animations for a lot of stuff. You know, I, I kind of wanted Niobe to have, like, a bit more of a, uh, you know, a, a different type of flip and somersault thing. Like, a different type of jumping forward while shooting animation. Like, they kind of share all the same animations, which is quite disappointing. Um, no time. No time. Yeah. You just got to yeah. take the character models, uh, throw them over the designs we already have, and there we go. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, that... that I can see that. I mean, the only the only real difference I'm noticing by watching the speedrun is that like the areas that she runs through look a little bit different. Like when you go to the mansion with the vampires, 
she's in an attic at one point where you weren't with Ghost. Again, not yeah. ideal, but... There's certain doors that opened that weren't opened before on the other playthrough. Uh, so that there are, like, alternate routes through the levels, which is kind of nice. Um, now I noticed levels it... tend to be a bit longer. I did the first level with her, part of the post office, before I just decided I, I don't have time for this and went on to other things. Mm-hmm. But so I think, I mean, like, the, the cool. major difference is that like in ghosts, like in the driving levels, you're not actually driving. You're just hanging out the window and shooting. Yeah. There is one level you're driving. Unfortunately, you have to go when whenever you're supposed to go rescue that guy. He jumps off the plane. You have to like just drive down a street and you're being and it was terrible. The driving in this game was God awful. Yeah, I like one level of it. I definitely stand up for the core shooting gameplay as being fun. I'm not going to like, you know, go to bat for it being high quality no, or the, anything, the, but the shooting's fun. Yeah, it is. But the, the driving is very bad, like across the board. I did not like driving at all. I only had to do it once, but I know, Blair, you had to do it a lot more, didn't you? Yeah, because I, I played through as Niobe, and that's all you do is drive and basically hold the ghost button to have him come out and shoot. And like the level where you're in the freeway and you have to catch up with Morpheus, like what it actually links into the movie where Niobe like catches him and then he jumps back onto the truck. You're just driving in a straight line and there's no like drifting or turbo boosts or anything. You're just slowly going in a straight line and the cars have no sense of speed or momentum. It's just so boring. And like if enemies catch you off guard, your health plummets and like in uneasy, the very least, your health kind of fills up but your car's health doesn't. So when you die, it's like, okay, go all the way back to the start. And it's just absolutely insufferable. That sounds yeah, terrible. It's bad. And ghost sections are maybe somehow even more broken feeling because often, I mean, you are just kind of sitting there shooting the cars until they blow up. But often the level kind of breaks a little bit and the car kind of just like crashes into a wall for a little bit or kind of like drifts off through some geometry in a weird way. And then the level just fades out and it's like, oh, I, I guess I beat the level. Like there's, they are really, really unfinished feeling. They feel like something someone could prototype in Unity in like a day nowadays. <laughs> okay, you yeah, know, or can... as a showcase for Unreal Engine Five on the PS Five. It's so bad. I mean, they were just that one level was terrible, and I'm and I I can't imagine doing multiples of those. Like, like the shooting was bad too, but it wasn't like hard. You just you just shot cars for no reason and waited for the level then. Right. Yeah, yeah. The Niobe ones are more difficult and frustrating. Than I also see ones. that in Niobe, she fights Vlad as a boss in the vampire place. I didn't fight in my run. I fought somebody else. I mean, it doesn't make a difference, but see, there's a difference. Ooh, different boss. It's a guy that looks like he's in a vampire in the 90s, all in leather. I kind of like the weird uh, sequence where you run around with a stake, just stabbing yeah, vampires it, in the chest. It's kind of, it gives you a little, a little bit unique that you're fighting these guys that are that you have because they're vampires and you have to, and you have to kill them that way. That was kind of fun. I, I did I did like that. It was better than fighting cops and SWAT team all the fucking time. Like at least it was a little bit of a change. Yeah, I vaguely remember that in the movie where they go to this mansion because like this is the second movie when they introduce the key mask, what key maker, whatever the hell, and all that shit gets introduced in this one. The Oracle's in the first movie, correct? Yeah, uh, she yeah. died between movies, so they had to recast her. Okay, yeah, I remember. I do remember maker. that it was a different act. Yeah, the key maker shows up, and yeah, I mean, you know, 
if we're going to talk about the live action stuff again, very briefly, like they get appearances from a lot of these actors, which is cool. <laughs> they do get the a key maker actor. They do get, uh, you know, uh, Trinity to show up like that's fun stuff, like, even if it is kind of brief and feels fairly well, like, you just, know, they got called in for one scene. Yeah, it's very much like we're filming this movie here. You want to here we're going to film this, too. Like, yeah. Yeah. Now, cool. is this the first appearance of the I, I don't know the character's name, but he's. In Revolutions, he's like the guy on the subway platform who won't let Neo on the train. Yes, it is. So that's appearance. it is his first appearance in this game. Yeah, I think so. Uh, I, I don't man. think they're in Reloaded. Yeah, he's, he's the train man. He's he's an exile, and he does show up in this game. Huh. And okay. yes, I just double checked, and he's played by, by by the way, he's played by Bruce Spence, who is. Like he, he had a crazy year where he was in a lot of very big profile stuff all in one year. But he's most famous for being the pilot guy in The Road Warrior, the, the second Max, Mad Max movie. Um, oh. he's, he's a fun actor who has a very unique face. But yeah, no, the, the, he was just in Enter the Matrix and then The Matrix Revolutions. OK, I remember nothing about that third movie other than I did not. I was very upset when that third movie came out. I remember I rented it on DVD at Block, or probably maybe it was probably VHS at Blockbuster, and I and I remember I didn't even finish watching it. I just went to go play Final Fantasy XI instead. So that's my memory of that movie. I that I rented that movie when it came out on DVD, probably, and then I skipped to the end because I just wanted to see the cool fight scene. <laughs> <laughs> that was my um, issue with that movie. There was too much shooting, and I wanted more Matrix stuff. From what I remember, I don't know. I just don't know if i've even seen it all the way through maybe oh i was and I, I was i was there like day one in theater like i had to find out what happens and i watched it i watched all of them a few years ago because i know it's a little bit uneven but i actually really like the fourth matrix movie like a lot and then i bought the the box set on blu-ray because i wanted to see them from start to finish as i know they kind of talk about what happened in two and th- like in all of them in part four but i just wanted to kind of re-experience the details again. So they're somewhat fresh in my mind. That makes sense. I mean, playing this game made me want to watch the first movie and cover it for the show now for the first time. Like, I actually have an interest in it. Can't say it's going to happen, but I have an interest. <laughs> I mean, that I haven't really thought about The Matrix much in a while. And it, it's kind of, I mean, I know the fourth movie came out. I never saw it. I just didn't care. And then it was on HBO Max, and I still didn't care. Well, a lot of people didn't see it. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I heard, too. I was like, well, I'm just kind of done with, with The Matrix. Like, well, the first movie's for, great. For us, we had tickets. But then, like in in Canada, it was on HBO Max. But we did we didn't have the same. We don't have HBO Max here, so we had no way of getting it quote unquote for free. And we bought tickets, but then there was a outbreak, so all the theaters were shut down, so we couldn't go anyway. So when you heard about the outbreak, were you stuck at a bar when it started, and then you and a bunch of people had to escape the bar and get out of the city? It's <laughs> <laughs> a joke that somebody out there will get. Besides. <laughs> Yeah, no, I forgot this was I forgot this was COVID time that the fourth movie came out. I think it was supposed to come out in like May 2020 and it was supposed to come out the same day as John Wick 4 or 2021 or something. I think both of those are supposed to come out in the same day. So it was going to be like a double dose of Keanu. (laughs) That's not very smart when you're, you know, for a producer, I feel, or for a a distribution company, like you might not want to release the same thing right away because people aren't going to go see both. Well, it's two different studios, two different rights. Yeah, but you still think they might have, like, we'll just, we'll just wait a month and release it, or wait a week. because money. But, yeah, people are stupid. Okay. I mean, this game did have its fun moments. I did have fun 
running and gunning. This game is also pretty short. What, four to five? I would say, what, four to five hours, probably, maybe? Yeah, I would say it's more like two to three. <laughs> hey, you can't forget the hour worth of cutscenes. <laughs> Which I'm Which sure was of... like a selling point on the back of a case as it was back in the day. Like, over 120 minutes oh, of, yeah. of recorded dialogue. It was still cool Absolutely. to see live action stuff, even though I could give a shit about Jada Pinkett Smith or whoever played Ghost. Like I didn't care about any of the live action stuff. I'm like, okay, cool. I get to watch it. I get to watch part, something from a movie that wasn't in the movie. Okay, I'm good. Let's get back to the. Let's get. Let me get through this game. And my GameCube version was two dis, bitch, two dis. So gotta make that joke. But which I, I thought was kind of cool. Yeah, not, I, there's not a lot of game, like, games that are two dis. I hadn't uh, played this game through all the way before. before oh, okay. This. And so I always had the impression that there probably I didn't realize there was a full hour of live action stuff sprinkled in. And so I started the game back in the day. And I think I kind of always assumed like that was probably most of the live action at the beginning of the game. But that's definitely not the case. They no. uh, definitely sprinkle it in throughout the whole thing, which I think is kind of fun. About halfway through, you have truly, a, you know, a big section live action cutscene while they, you know, when they go back to uh, the city briefly. And, you know, that's kind of just a fun little intermission in the middle of the game, which I dug. I think if there's a big weakness to the way the live action stuff is done, it's the ending of the game is, you know, and we can talk about that, but it's it's pretty uh, anticlimactic and just kind of ends. And there's yeah. not really a, a live action payoff, which is a bit of a disappointment. Because they didn't, I feel like they, maybe they probably weren't given a lot. Like, they're all, we want to save this for the next, you know, for the movie. So we don't really, they don't give anything. And the end, the end level is terrible where you're just either gunning or flying the ship in the real world, which the thing about the matrix is I never want to be in the real world. I want to know it exists, but I don't want to see it. I don't want to be a part of it. I just want to be in the matrix. And I think yeah. that was my problem. Yeah, with oh, Revolution. That, that, sh- that ship sequence at the end is pretty bad. It's long too. It's, it's like really long, like what? 10 minutes of just, I mean, I had safe state. So if things went terrible, I wasn't going to have to redo this entire part, but it was just so boring. So I, yeah. I played as Niobe, and I couldn't find a way to get out of first person. I don't think you can. I, I don't think you can. I think you're stuck on, like, you're looking through the gun viewpoint and just shooting them. Okay. I don't think there I, was time to make a model. We had it in our chat, and I, and I, because I remember a friend of mine bought this, because I think it was, like, at the end of the summer, and it was basically after it kind of tanked. Because I mean, it was probably, like, a bunch of people bought it right away, and then, a bunch of people probably traded in, so the price dropped down. Because he bought the PC version for, I'm going to say, like $5 brand new. And I think he may have played as Ghost. And I remember him literally not being able to finish the last mission. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's it's long and difficult and not fun, that final part. Oh, and I went and grabbed my copy. I paid 13 bucks for this at EB Games, by the way, back in the day. Nice. <laughs> That's so. a good price. To that's, be honest. that's a solid price. Yeah. Oh, and it's complete in box. Who has the manual and my disc? Maybe not. Yeah. So I have a complete. I actually. The funny thing is, after I beat this game, I went. Hmm. Maybe I should just trade in that copy of the PS2. I don't want this. <laughs> that's went through my head. We we gotta talk about the music. So <laughs> I do. It's composed it. by. Yeah. <laughs> it's composed by two Hollywood composers who I'm sure have done perfectly fine work in film. Their work does not apply to the Yogis. And yeah, uh, it, it's very loud. It doesn't chill. It never chills out. It's kind of always cranked to 11. And I do have to read some of and the track just listing the one names. Loop. <laughs> it is just, there's a lot of the same loop over and over. Um, I have to read some of these track listing names because they're incredible. Get out of my face. 
eat this jerk. Don't you don't scare me, Bucko. I do not like you. Um, let's see. No rest for the wicked. What fresh hell is this? Not Agent Smith again with three exclamation marks. Stuck in much escape. Uh oh. What's that? Those are so two things. The, the titles of tracks. I just learned one. This definitely came out in the early two thousands by those titles. And two, they must be either stone or drunk while they were making this. The music. Yeah. With the title like not Agent Smith again, I like to think they were playing the game and in the <laughs> Chinatown level where Agent Smith just keeps chasing you. Oh, they were just where, like, Oh my god. That's where I got stuck in the game. A couple like I had to use safe safe multiple times because he would if you if I went, ran the wrong way and he became and he and him and like a couple clones came there, I couldn't get past them because I could maybe get knock out one clone. And they just kept picking you up and dropping you, picking you up yeah. and dropping you. I'm like, the is... hitbox for his reach was like grossly yes. unfair. Like you would almost like magnetize to his hand. Mm-hmm. You would. It's how it was designed. It looked like. I'm glad I'm not the only one who experienced that because I was getting like annoyed. I was like, just That's kill me. Because <laughs> then I could just I... like, oh, don't go this way. Go this way. No, I did not have trouble with that level, so I just think you all are bad at video games. <laughs> Take that. <laughs> it's possible. I mean, it definitely is possible. I did beat Bloodborne. Just... I will wear that badge proudly in Dark Souls <laughs> 1 and 2. But... Or just, like, bored at a bad one, which is what I was at this point, where I was, like, so <laughs> tired. But one thing I did want to bring up, like, from the start, and it's a weird comparison and i'm i promise i'm going somewhere with this uh mirror's edge so like mirror's edge was like a 2008 game it's all about like parkour but it had really bad momentum because you're like a person who's running full tilt at a human being but if you hit them like that person should fall but you basically both stop in one another and something that i loved about this is that if you're running and you jump and hit someone like they're basically being pushed out of the way like there's sections of the game there's your fists or your guns like i would just run and jump kick someone and just keep going like i i really love the sense of momentum in some of the movement that's fair it definitely did have stuff like that in this game and it was well. another game that i love <laughs> same i really i did mirror's edge for the show earlier this year really good game i need to play the second one at some point and then i'll never get to play another probably so uh yeah i don't like the second one i, I wish i liked the second one i'm very curious about it I really want to try it. At some point, it's on my list to get around to whenever that day comes. No, I mean, Blair's right. The momentum of this game was fun. Like, it, it, it I mean, there were times where I stopped caring about shooting people because I was uneasy. I didn't have to. And I, I, you could just run through things. You could just kick somebody and keep going. And it felt good. Yeah. There are times when it when it clicks and there are times when it all kind of comes to a halt, depending on the situation. <laughs> Fair statement. I kind of got and the time yeah. frames mix, mixed up because... Like, I was thinking of, like, the platforming, and you have wall running, and I was thinking, like, why is this not great? Like, Prince of Persia was out, but then this came out months before time. Like, this came first. Like, I can only imagine <laughs> a world where this game would have came after that, and they would have been like, oh, let's just steal that. Like, that could have been. Yeah, I, I guarantee we would have had so. I mean, also, they would have had time. I mean, I yeah, I could. That would have been awesome. Because. I mean, when you do wall jump or, or, you know, wall run here and there, like it's not platforming, it's just for combat. If you have focus on you near a wall and you attack somebody, I mean, it was very fun and cool. And it definitely had me interested in into the game. I mean, I didn't hate playing this. I just wanted it to be over. <laughs> yeah, it, it kind of outstays its welcome. It's, but that was more of just like I had I had a lot going on. I have a big game on the show in a couple of weeks. 
So that was part of it. Again, that was a me problem, not the game's problem, but the game is just kind of sh- short. Well, it's it's very it's one note, thing. and then, like, <laughs> like something I really want to talk about, it. oh boy, those animations. The, the sprinting and the ladder climbing in particular. <laughs> yes. One kind of arm swinging like it is so hilarious like to see these these characters move in this environment yeah so i think bad. some of the the combat animations can look kind of cool but uh the ladder climbing is hilarious every single time or the fence climbing the fence climbing is so good yeah it's just spider manning up the up the wall it's so funny looking it feels very much like a rough draft so this is our idea and we don't have time to do more like they took it to the studio or, you know, to their bosses and they were like, here's a proof of concept. And they said, great. And that's level one. <laughs> they were like, oh, I guess. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, that level, you know, the post office wasn't bad. I didn't mind the post no. office level. It was and the it has, sewers broke me. The sewers suck. But that post office level, you can do the cool wall press thing and like use focus and do a flip and shoot like in yeah. between cover. And that shit's cool. Yeah, like this is uh, so this is kind of my thing with the difficulty like okay, yes, uneasy the game probably is uh, too easy. But I when I play a matrix game, I kind of want it to be a power trip. I kind of yeah. want to just be able to do cool stuff and like not really encounter tons of resistance cuz I want to be a cool person in the matrix, you know? I want to be the person in the lobby shootout, right? So that's kind of my argument in favor of the game being a little too easy and not having, you know, the most tactile ai or whatever is it's like i kind of just want to shoot these people and have them fly up in the air and it looks cool and that's fair i mean there's nothing wrong with that like when i was just murdering people endlessly in this game it was it was fun at times like it had its moments when it was just a really enjoyable game and then it had its moments when i questioned why i was playing it yeah. but i think something that is also understated is that they don't give you a lot of ammo for the guns so, like, when you're in those combat scenarios, you're shooting, like, you know, one guy, but then you're going into hand-to-hand with another guard, and then you get his shotgun, and then you're turning around and blasting another guy, you know, like, that's yeah, that's cool. See, I just relied on that shotgun so much, because if you slow down and shoot, it's just one bullet, and a guy is in the ground. <laughs> yes. So that's all I did, was, like, found the shotgun, cool, run, slow down, shoot, keep going. Do, do we have thoughts on do we have thoughts on the path of Neo, a game that I really, really love a lot more than this one that that was also developed by the same people? I wish I had yeah. thought, I, I rented it and then and, and even like having this conversation and like I feel this game could have only come out when it did because the Matrix it quickly became such a nothing brand so fast. Yeah. As like it was the first one was like this huge kind of like new sci-fi movie with like new filming techniques and it was people call it like the thinking man's action film and it does have some like you know philosophy and, and things like that but it's not nothing that back then when I was a teenager I couldn't wrap my head around it but now it's it's very very simple but then the sequels came out and they just I don't know if the Matrix ever needed a sequel. But it wasn't something like, say, Star Wars or Lord of the Rings, even where people were wanted more after it was done. Like, I'm very sure online came out and lasted as long as it did because, you know, the Matrix just it just tanked after that time. Like, no one cared about this brand. And even like, I think they got the fourth movie off the ground because Keanu Reeves is kind of having like, you know, 
a renaissance right now where he's a huge star again and then they're just probably thought like okay there's enough time that's passed and people are nostalgic for the matrix brand and then the fourth film like just yeah it was it's it's okay i actually like some of the ideas but but you can never because i was thinking about you know, a Matrix game, kind of how Arkham Asylum is and how the camera is zoomed out. And you can attack a bunch of people like how cool that would be. But you would never be able to pitch that to anyone because they would say, like, I have an idea for a Matrix game. And be like, yeah, no one cares about the Matrix. <laughs> no, I mean, it, it kind of I mean, it kind of is a, after the third movie, the brand just kind of died off because the third I feel like the, I'm assuming the third movie must have did good, but it just kind of like people just moved on. It well, I think some of it specialty. Some of it was also that the Wachowskis were very are, are very protective of the brand and did not want to make another movie and yeah. the studios could not really just like make another movie without them. So there is, you know, that is part of it is they let it die. I mean, you you had talked about Path and Neil a little bit. I have no experience with it, of course. I really want to play it though because God, I think when the first time we recorded you talked about that game or a long time ago. Yeah. So I've always been curious about it. So it's on my list to get to someday. I just, I think P- PS2 emulation can run it now from what I was reading. It is, I, I think it is better than this game. I think it is also in ways a little, like it, it can be clumsier than this game. It can be so much weirder than this game. It's so weird. It's such a bizarre game. From what I remember renting it, and I remember my big problem, because I, I wanted, I know about kind of the twist at the end and like the final boss. <laughs> yeah. I remember having to hold down like three or four buttons to do basic actions. And it was very clumsy um, to control. But yeah, I mean, these, are, these are memories are from like, of, what, 20 years ago? There are a lot of control options. And I think some of them are better than others. So, And I think the default is almost always not the best. So there's that for sure. I own it because I bought it when the... I bought Enter the Matrix and Path of Neo... Because I kind of got the Matrix bug when the trailer came out for the fourth movie. So, <laughs> I mean, if it's ever here, I think I got them both for like 10 or $15. That's so, not yeah. You paid less than what I paid for Enter the Matrix in who knows what fucking year I bought this game. <laughs> yeah. You don't keep your receipts and shove them inside the game case? I have hatched oh, okay. for... Because at one point I was like, well, it doesn't work at all. And, and then, you know, the weird thing happened where I, I mean, I never got around to them, so... I'm, I I wouldn't be surprised if I, if I actually opened up all my cases of games I have that there would be a receipt here or there to tell me like what year I bought this. So but I don't know if I want to really know. <laughs> I just want to make it clear that there is a level in the Path of Neo where you run through MC Escher environments and fight giant red ants. What the fuck? They're the size of Neo. They're what big the fuck? ants. Yeah. So you know, go deep. Okay. I am curious okay. <laughs> about it. I I really am. I I like and Path of Neo. Yeah. Like that that's a fun video game. But I haven't played it since I was, you know, teenager. See, here's the question. Would you have said End of the Matrix was a fun video game before I asked you to be on the show and replay? Yes. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I, I would have too. Fun. <laughs> I said the same thing. I'm like, okay, this game was kind of fun. And I was like, oh no. Yeah, see, that's how I thought because I played it when it came out and you know, back then. I, I would get caught up in movie hype. Like, I remember when Spider-Man was coming out the year before, and I played that first movie game, and I thought it was the greatest video game I'd ever played in my entire life. Like, it was the first game I'd really played mm-hmm. in the GameCube, and I was like, this is incredible. I remember calling my brother and telling me about some of the stupid jokes that aren't funny, but I thought were hilarious. And it was like, I same thing with this. Like, I played it, and then I played it a few months later once the hype had died down, and I was like, oh, no, this game is 
really, really bad. And then, like, I guess Matrix Nostalgia, like, when we were talking about that episode, and I was like, I think I'm ready to play this again, because maybe it will be better than what I remember. But, I mean, it's it's fine. <laughs> but I can understand why it got, like, really bad reviews back in the day. It really just makes me want to put on the first Matrix movie. Like, I was talking to my wife before. She's, she's never seen the first Matrix film. I'm like, but I'm also thinking to myself, like, can you still enjoy this film? Like, will it still resonate if you're first time seeing it in 2023? I'm going to find out at some point, especially now that we did this. And there's actually a Matrix thing on this podcast and there's not the movies. I think I need to change. But, you know, <laughs> that depends on who's willing to take that journey with me. <sighs> I'll watch all these for the show. All I right. got a box set out there on Blu-ray. I think Max has them all, so I can watch them on there. I would buy, I would, who am I kidding? I'd buy a set of them for cheap. I'm a sucker for that, so. I got all four on 4K. <laughs> <laughs> One thing that really stood out to me when I played it is just how 2000s bully the Cain and Abel guys are when they take that key from the key maker. <laughs> like, they just look like, you know, like, give us your lunch money, punk. Like, I'm pretty sure one of them is chewing gum as well. <laughs> so it's just like, it just made me laugh. All right. Yeah, the, the 2000s vibes are off the charts in these in these cutscenes. Which is kind of nice. Like, now that we're, you know, 20 years removed from it, it's kind of nice to look back and go, oh, yeah, yeah that was 20 years ago. Wow. Like, it was, it kind of feels good in a way. Like the Well, it's like <laughs> the second that the credits roll and an Evanescence song comes on. <laughs> Like, you know what year this game came out in. I'm okay with that, though. Oh, same. Hard same. It just reminded me of, like, Daredevil. (laughs) Yeah. It just, you know, it's just kind of funny. Because, like, now, you know, because of stuff like this, I understand how Wonder Years existed. People are like, oh, man, 20 years ago, I remember those days. And now I'm like, I understand. Uh, Especially when I see something from the 90s. I'm like, oh, yeah, the 90s when I grew up. I'm like, oh, no. I became them. Yeah. Anything else to we should say about Enter the Matrix before we go on to questions, comments, memories. I did get a few. All right. I'll take that as a yes. Go on to questions. <laughs> All right. I was surprised that people actually had things to say about this game. And my guess is that none of them have played it recently. From the first, I watched the entire Oakland Super Replay group from Jonathan McAlley. Not as good as Path and Neo, but I remember having fun with it. I especially enjoyed hacking the Matrix for weapons. We have to talk about that real quick. I forgot about. Did anybody mess with the hacking minigame thing? Yes, I put on some cheats so I could beat the game even faster. <laughs> I did not put on cheats, but I did activate the multiplayer mode and played some of that. I which tried can... to, and the code never worked. Oh, weird. You, okay, so you have to you have to type cheat.exe and then, oh, and yeah, then that it's not. <laughs> something on the left. That says like you know it'll say like exit and under that is cheat and then you t- hit cheat and then you type in the code. It's, you have to run it. It's like running DOS, I guess, from yeah. what I was reading online. It's it's like actual hacking your uh, system. Where is my Mega Man <laughs> Battle Network Navi when you needed them? <laughs> I mean, there's like there's a whole like thing where you can pull, there's like a two there's a a fighting game in this in that yeah. hacking mode. Yeah. I did not know that, but I saw it. I'm like, this is weird. You can play as a cop car on legs. Yes. It's nuts. I mean, there's also like a a gun gallery thing you can do. And like, it's just, it's cool that it's there. It's very much an unfinished product where they just like, we'll throw it in here and call it, you know, hacking. 
but it fits the Matrix, and it's cool that it's there. It's something I didn't even know this game had. Like, oh, I tried to put cheat codes in because I died on the helicopter fight the first time, and I learned you couldn't just type in the cheat code, and then I gave up and walked away and just did it and did it correctly and looked up the guide and said what to do and hide in the corner and not stand in front of the helicopter and shoot it like an idiot, and it worked. But yeah, no, it's just it's just cool that it's there. Like, it's cool that they try to catch something of the Matrix. All right, and, and from Justin McElwee, Thoroughly enjoyed the, that game back in high school. Perfect rental. Don't go back to it. Uh, from Ivan Kretria, I remember sitting in my room as a kid with a Game Informer magazine using it to do the hacking for cheat codes. Probably spent more time doing that since it made me feel like a hacker. Remember the days when that's what hacking was and not just guessing somebody's password and logging into their account? Or impersonating someone else on Facebook and telling them to like accept the code and give you the give you the code that it sent you to reset your password. Eh. I watched a whole documentary about that, by the way, about the most hated man on the internet who did. Uh, he had a guy who did stuff like that. That's how they hacked people and then put posted pictures of them online. I think I missed the days of computer ignorance, <laughs> like when not everyone had a computer. So in movies, they can do magic essentially. Yeah, like, like in, in the Jurassic show part. Or in the show Reboot, where there's like a firewall, but it's literally a wall of fire. (laughs) (laughs) I do too, kind of. From Greg DiRizzo, I mostly enjoyed it at the time, but I wasn't oblivious to the many issues either. I just wanted more of that world at the time. I really liked graphics and thought the visual shortcomings actually fit the universe. I found the combat simplistic overall, but could be made more interesting if you put put in the effort. The obvious problem is that you shouldn't have to put in effort to make it better in the first place. The live action bits were great, in my opinion, with like watching a bunch of deleted scenes from the second movie. And that run animation, though, straight hilarious. Yeah, it feels like a proof of concept and they just went with it. It really does. I do agree with them that like the uh, the visual style the game goes for is like really, really minimalist, but it is effective. Yeah. And like I said, like when I'm running that thing in 720p, it actually like holds up very well. I think it looks really good because they just kind of put as much um put as many objects in the world as they possibly can but they're low poly but you know it, it just kind of has a, a good look that fits the movies very well and i think it, it looks great yeah i didn't have a problem with the graphic other than the sewers where i couldn't see shit i had a yeah. problem then but that yeah there, there were areas that were less good looking but i think you know a lot of the areas look quite nice yeah right and then from the official laser time community from jason heiser i remember being let down by this, just going to play the Matrix level and Conqueror's Bad Fur Day instead, but I also had terrible taste around this time. <laughs> That's a game. You know, I forgot that they had a Matrix scene in Conqueror's Bad Fur Day near the end of it. That's how big the Matrix was. Oh, they yeah, they really go for it. I have I never think, finished that game. I think if you were anything parody or satire in the early 2000s, you had to have, like, legally had to have a Matrix parody. Yeah. From Dan Strothman, best part about this game is all the extra live action scenes they shot, including Monica Bellucci kissing kissing Jada Pinkett. Oh, yeah, because she kisses both of them, depending on who you're playing as. At the time, I actually really enjoyed playing the game. There was definitely some jank, but the combat was fun. And the story was interesting. The way it filled in gaps from the movie. There's there's no reason for that scene to exist, right? <laughs> like that's no. just there to titillate people. <laughs> the early two thousands, okay. We didn't yeah. know that porn was just accessible everywhere. At the time. <laughs> it was a different time. Well, oh, we get to see a woman kiss another woman. Wow! Like now, it'd be like we can go find other stuff. So yeah, also just like the Wachowskis are, you know, LGBTQ heroes. So you know, that's them flexing, which is awesome. Yeah. I, I didn't. I mean, I I played as Ghost, so I just think it's funny. I didn't realize they filmed it for both until I was like, until I was watching a, rev- a, a review of it, and I saw. I'm like, oh, okay. But yeah, no, that makes sense. And, and early 2000s was still very like not as we were still not as as a as a whole not as friendly. 
still not as friendly as it should be. Nowhere near I, where it should be. But. I just think it's weird. Like the whole this whole game is predicated on it being a product for the movie, but then you know they they wanted like here's the things that aren't in the movie, and then they just recreate scenes from the Matrix Reloaded just with two different characters. <laughs> yeah, like who. You know, when she was like, you love someone, Ghost, don't you? And I was like, who does he love? Like, <laughs> yeah, I, you I have know. not shown me anyone that he has, like, affection <laughs> for. <laughs> like, <laughs> We don't know much of anything about Ghost in general, I would say. <laughs> I was just, she was like, you know, she was just like, you must kiss me like an unrequited love. And I was like, ooh. <laughs> Is this supposed to be he's in love with Niobe? Or not Niobe. Niobe. No, no, no. And the captain of the Osiris, I thought they yeah. were a couple. Yeah, yes. where they were, weren't they? Or No, she was with Morpheus, and then she was with him, right? Well, she was with Morpheus, and then she's with Zack Snyder's Martian Manhunter, but she's secretly in <laughs> yeah. love with Morpheus. Okay. And also, her and Will have been separated for seven years. <laughs> yeah, I think we don't know what the deal with Ghost is, basically. So, that's, yeah, it was a weird He's scene. like his namesake. He is a ghost. <laughs> I'll be here all night, folks. <sighs> all right. And from Alex Omido, this is one of those games I was fortunate, no- fortunate enough to be touched by in my late childhood to early teen years. I thought this game was a fucking spectacle. I can honestly say it's one of the many, many games that turned me on to video games as a whole. It also one of those that had that classic nostalgic feel for me for games coming out in the 2000s. Rented it from Blockbuster where I had no expectations because I didn't have a computer to look up what was hot in video games, played it couch co-op with my older brother, who, of course, hogged the remote till he died. Okay, I was like, how do you hell you play this co-op? But still got to watch most of the game and played it after he did. Graphics combined with live-action stuff was, of course, so realistic and phenomenal enough to melt my young mind. All of this combined with the awesome hand-to-hand combat, amazing gunplay, and, of course, doing the Matrix at the flick of a button just cemented this one in my brain for a long time and made me curious for more games, even if it's not one of the best of all time, one of the best of all time in my heart. And his fourth point, he said, it was one of the first times I engaged with something I viewed as mature without the -the over-the-shoulder prying from my parents because they did not understand video games and thought they were just dumb kid toys. (laughs) Hell yeah, I'm happy for this person. People had fond things to say about this game. My guess is that they were smart, didn't replay this anytime recently. Well, it's like, if you find a game at a formative time, yeah, like, every game... For the most, is probably someone's favorite game ever. Yeah, that's fair. Like Mortal Kombat Mythology Sub Zero is a bad game, but I got that game when I was thirteen, and it was the only game I had. So I love Mortal Kombat Mythology Sub Zero. Okay, it's bad, but like I love it because I just associate it with like yeah. that time. <laughs> Yeah, and sometimes all you really want from a game is what this game delivers, right? Sometimes it's just like, I want to play a game where I just run around in slow motion and kick people around and shoot them. I don't have so, that fame. Yeah, it's it's yeah. dumb fun. Yeah. Yeah. And the level oh. design isn't so awful to where you're just going to get, you know, lost. Like, yeah, it wasn't it wasn't terrible. Yeah. I mean, other than the sewers, I really didn't have a problem with level design too much. I was able to figure out what to do. The sewers, I got confused because I couldn't see shit, so. As someone who's played yeah, a lot of movie snipers. games in their life, this is of the better ones. <laughs> speaking speaking of movie games, my I, I guess my white whale is the Triple X video game for Game Boy Advance. I saw it at a store. I loved Triple X as a kid, and I was like, I need this game, and I've never played it. Have any of you guys played it? No, no. But like, I love not. weird stuff like that. Like. 
Like there was a 2002 Antonio Banderas movie X versus Sever. No, sorry, Ballistic Colon X versus Sever. And there was a Game Boy Advance game. I think that was supposed to come out with the movie, but the Game Boy Advance game came out first. And it's like a first person shooter. Like, I love weird stuff like that. Yeah. Okay. You are right. I just looked it up. All right. It's a first person shooter. I'm with you, though, Blair. I I like playing weird shit like that, too, especially now, like for this podcast. I love going back and playing just weird ass shit. Yeah, it's like you you get a movie and it's like, okay, it's a license, but it's not a big enough license. So we're going to go full multi-platform. It's just going to get a weird Game Boy Advance game, like how Daredevil was supposed to have a console game, but it only has a Game Boy Advance game. I do want to cover that with you, by the way, but I thought about uh, that game since you mentioned it. I mean, it's not great, but I'm down to clown. <laughs> it wouldn't take long. So that's it. Sometimes that's just fun. Sometimes you just need something short. I mean, that's why this game is on the on the season this season, because I need something short to give me time to play Chain Decos. So, <laughs> All right. And I do have a couple from one more group that we're going to read from uh, the Giant Bomb group. I got I got a few uh, from Daniel Fitzgerald. There were some really good ideas, but the gameplay and level design was lacking. I especially liked how it tied in with the reloaded movie and you got to play what was essentially the missing chapters. I'd kill for a modern Matrix game, but sadly don't ever see that happening. It's a true. I don't see it either. I think, yeah. From Brian Ball, I actually loved his take on the Matrix films, particularly the post-Matrix 1 stories of Neil going around contacting red pills. But I particularly enjoyed the combat system for a PS2-era shooter fighter. The combat was fluid and fairly deep, and I was loved how it evolved over the course of the game when... Wait, he's talking about the wrong game. He said yeah, with Neo's changing about, uh, powers. Neo. Yeah, I was yeah, like, wait a second, Papa I don't Neo. remember this. It's a weird game fighting Kung Fu ants, the Agent Smith junk kaiju fight, but a fond <laughs> memory of my gaming days, my team, my favorite movies of all time. Yeah, somebody even commented, said, that's the path of Neo you're thinking of. You're totally right with the fighting in that game. <laughs> that's funny, though. Oh, and now here, then, okay, so end of the matrix, good style, terrible combat. Uh, I, I am curious about Path of Neo now. I really am. I mean, I've been for a while, but I have to try that one day. It's so weird. I love it. Uh, if you do play it, by the way, play it on uh, play it the PS2 version because the Xbox version is missing a bunch of uh, visual effects, which is a bummer. That is sad. I can you even emulate original Xbox yet? You can, but it's very hitter. It's even more hit or miss than PS2 and GameCube. Oh, that's too bad. GameCube's pretty good, actually. And then why would you? Because like the ser- you know. Xbox consoles are pretty much backwards compatible. I think there's only like a few titles they haven't brought over. Because I don't have an Xbox. <laughs> That's an easy solution. Yeah, also, Steal I like an Xbox. <laughs> well, there's one game for Xbox that I really want to emulate because I can't beat it legit, that I actually have a copy of it to my right, Breakdown for original Xbox. I have thought about that game for over 20 years. I'm just waiting until one day I can I can emulate it with save states and finally beat it. I love that game. It is backwards compatible on modern Xbox systems. But there's no save states. You are correct. And I I know I can't do it without save states. I played that game before. There's no way that I'm going to be able to do it. So I'm waiting to cheat. One day I will. But Very cool, weird, unique game. Yeah. Yeah. And I have a couple more from Daniel Vincent Morton. The main game wasn't too great, sadly, but loved the hacky minigame you could access from the main menu. From Don Wilson, I was all in on the Matrix when this released, so I loved it. From Andrew Lean, I was in the minority of liking this game, but it's probably because I was such a big Matrix fan. It was, 100%. From OK Mueller, I kind of liked it, never finished it, but wasn't there a massive plot point reveal in the game that actually explained the end of Matrix 3? I don't think so. And just had a trailer to Matrix 3. That was the plot point. Uh it has a trailer to Matrix 3 in the coolest way possible, where Naomi oh, yeah, says, yeah, where Naomi was like, oh, you know, this is what's coming up. And then all that 
cool shit happens. They show a bunch of cool shit, and then Ghost says, can't wait. <laughs> yeah, that shit rocks. Love it. 11 out of 10. And two more comments from Roland Bajerno. I love this game. And from Martin Woody, I actually liked it. Okay. Don't replay it then. <laughs> Mostly people seem to remember this game fondly, which is cool. You know, I, 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 yeah. We should go on a shelf stacker box. And Reese, why don't you go first? Sure. It's like somewhere between a shelf and a box for me. Uh, or, uh, yeah, a stack and a box, I meant. Um, it's somewhere between a stack and a box. It's probably. You know what? I'll put it in the stack. It's kind of fun. Uh, I kind of enjoy revisiting it. It's not like I have a bad time with it. And, um, you know, who knows? Maybe I'll throw it back on sometime in a three or four year period or something like that. But, you know, very few games make it in the box for me overall, I would say. So keep that in mind. Anyway, yeah. And Blair, what about you? Oh, I thought about this a lot. And I don't know if it was going to be stack or box. I would say stack because I don't think this is a great game, but I think it's a time capsule of kind of movie marketing and tie-in games that we just don't see anymore. Like, you're never going to hear about, say, Marvel is going to put out a video game that's going to tie into one of their movies that has somewhat relevant plot points. Like, that's just not something that's going to happen. So I like it in that regard, but as a game, it's not something I think I want to play again. <laughs> All right. Uh, Nate, what about you? Uh, this is going to go on my stack because I have a lot of nostalgia for this game, and I cannot think of this game as being as awful as Shadow the Hedgehog. Um, <laughs> so it's going in the stack. I think Blair had some good points about it. I You're never going to get something like this again where you have a film series with you know, that ties into a video game and then has like actual lore in it as well. Okay. I'll go last. I'm putting this in the box. I'm yeah. It was just, I played through it. It was fast. I was ready to be done and I never want to play it again. I actually want to go sell my copies because I've been debating to sell games and I'm like, there's no need for me to keep a copy of enter the matrix in my, in my (laughs) possession ever. We'll see if that actually happens, but that's what went through my head. So in the box, but I'm glad that we covered it and I'm glad that we found a way to talk about it for over an hour. So, Things I'm proud of just now. So, right in. You know, I almost forgot. If you're still listening, I have a code to give away. Let's. And this code is for 911 operator for Steam. The code is 22N8T5KRATMA4GJ. That is the code for 911 operator. It kind of seemed fitting. The game that mentions the, op- the word operator a lot. So, you get an operator game too. You're welcome. Wherever you are. All right. And I should mention what we're talking about next week. Next week, you can hear another short game. We're talking about Star Wars The Force Unleashed 2. So stay tuned for that. All right. And Reese, where can we find you at? <laughs> you can find me at www.sidegroupgames.com. And uh, you know what? I just like don't even use what used to be Twitter anymore. So don't even bother trying to find me on there. I'm not on there. Oh, but please check out my games. They're weird. Funny thing you mentioned that on Twitter, they just announced that they're going to be adding a new feature feature in quotation that you can now pay $16 for premium membership. Yeah, I'm, so. I'm just not even using it anymore. Um, and I haven't be moved gone. over to Blue Sky or anything like that yet. So, you know, yeah. For now, please just go to my website and check out my games. They're like two or three dollars and they're really weird. I promise they will be unlike anything you have played. They're unique. <laughs> 
we always make a constant joke in the show. Like I Twitter, I don't think Twitter is going to make it out of 2024. I'm starting to think that now. When he starts charging completely for Twitter, that's when that's when everybody's gone. Except for the people that just think he's the god. So yeah. All right, and Nate, where can we find you at? Hey, I'm Nate. Uh, you can follow me on TikTok. Uh, Nate does comedy seventy nine, where I post uh, me doing stand up comedy. And Mr. Blair, uh, you can find me on various social media outlets. Although, like everyone already mentioned, it almost seems pointless to post anymore um, because nothing's getting seen, and everyone is on. But if you want to find me, I'm at Blue Sky, and what's I'm not calling what's actually called the Twitter. I have threads, but I never use it. Uh, it's just at Blue Arcade, so it's just an arcade with BL in front. You can read my work at comicbookvideogames.com. One of these days, I'll get in around to a writing a not timely review of Spider-Man 2, because who even cares at this point when I have to think about it? And Hellboy, which that's going to be fun. <laughs> So weird that they're making a Hellboy game finally. I'm happy. Well, maybe well, it's others, out, and it's, it's something. Oh, didn't do good, huh? Yeah, unfortunately. Yeah, not a good, not a, not you, a good. You thing. put out a Hellboy game two days before Spider-Man Two and Mario Wonder. Oh, why would you do that? And it's a roguelike, which is a strange choice, okay. and not a very good one at that. <laughs> it doesn't even look like something that should be a roguelike. I'm just looking up a trailer. I'm looking up a review of it right now. I look, yeah. Oh well, what it doesn't matter. Right. That's a shame because I really like the art style in that game. It looks oh, cool. it's beautiful, but it's just you can tell it was made by a team with not a lot of money to play around with. Yeah, which is always sad. But licensed games again. So hey, I I kind of miss licensed games to be honest with you. So I'm I'm hope I I because there were some there were some gems and all that shit. So it's kind of fun. I think we're at the point. Oh, yeah. I, sorry, I love them. Not not to keep this podcast rolling, but yeah, I think we're fun. almost at the point. Where licensed games are going to become Mario games. I'm okay with that. See, the funny thing is now is that licensed games are the best they've ever been, but no one's buying them. Yeah, because they were notorious at one point. Well, I think of like the Marvel ones, like Spider-Man, and those games are selling great. I think it's just like the Marvel ones, really, because like Avengers came out and that was a whole thing. And then because that was a whole thing, Guardians didn't sell many well. And then a year later, Midnight Suns came out and that reviewed well, but no one bought it. And Iron Man is on VR, which is a niche. So we have these excellent superhero games, but probably none of them are selling better than, say, like Ultimate Destruction did back in the PS2 era. <laughs> OK, yeah, that's absolutely true. And then we've got Suicide Squad on the horizon and who knows what's going to happen with that thing. That's, but, supposed, to, you know. that's supposed to come out February. I saw somebody post on like February 2nd. I'm like, is that actually going to come out, though? Like, yeah, I mean, I it has to at this point. It's Rocksteady's first game in almost 10 years. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that 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 company's going to go away after that game, I feel like. And that game is no way going to sell them on it. It needs to sell to make up for how long they've been working on it. So no way. All right. That's <laughs> you hear about that in other episodes i'm sure we'll talk about other stuff i'm sure hey you know i do want to play it but all right if you enjoyed this episode there are over 500 other episodes of this podcast you can find everything we've done in our catalog on podbean because spotify and itunes only go back so far so definitely go find our giant catalog on podbean you can also search on podbean just type in anything you want type in star wars type in batman type in superman something will, stuff will come up even daredevil so <laughs> go look at our giant catalog if you want to support the show, we do a Patreon, a little dollar. You vote in our Patreon poll. You'll see a link in the show notes to that. And please join our Discord. You'll see a link in the show notes to the Discord, too. Please chat with us. I'm always happy to have new people join. And I want to give a shout-out to my awesome intro and outro, courtesy of Helena at Hell Hatsfree. You can follow her on TikTok, and you'll see her link tree to all her socials and things she does. 
Uh, also, please follow Gamer Looks at Forty. My buddy Bill Tucker been on the show many times for his own podcast a couple of years ago. At this point, <laughs> definitely go support him. And also check out Nomads Fantasy, another podcast that I work with. And I think that's oh yeah. And please follow us Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Threads, X, eh, Twitter, so I same thing. Blue Sky, and on YouTube, audio only, but we are on YouTube. I think that's everything I need to say. So we will see you guys all next time. Bye, everybody.